0: Mark chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, in uh, in the spring of 2006, uh, an administrative assistant at the Coca-Cola headquarters in Atlanta left work with several classified documents hidden in her purse. These materials included recipes for upcoming future uh, products and the beverage sample for the products yet to be on the market. With the help of two other employees, the secretary sent a letter to Pepsi, Coke's oldest and biggest competitor, offering to sell the secrets. It was a chance for Pepsi to do some serious Damage in the competitive market for relatively a low price. But immediately upon receiving the letter, Pepsi officials contacted Coca-Cola headquarters, in which also then they called the FBI. The feds conducted a sting operation that netted the three co-conspirators two months later when they had agreed to sell the secrets to Pepsi for $1.5 million dollars. Pepsi said, Pepsi spokesman Dave the the CEO said we were just doing our part as a responsible company as any responsible company would do despite the fierce competition in the air industry and it also should be fair. There are lots of companies that closely guard their secrets that they have the kernels." 11 herbs and spices, well-guarded. Secrets are not always bad. We live in a day when it's hard to keep secrets. Everybody's on video, there are hot mics everywhere, there are all sorts of cameras and all sorts of things going on where it's hard to keep a secret. But I want to minister to you on done-in-secret Because this has both good and bad applications. uh, Matthew 12, verse 36 says, I'll tell you that you will give an account on judgment day for every idle word that you speak. That when you're alone, you say things that we're going to give account for. We all do it. And yet... It's been recorded. It is said of conduct that it changes when it's observed. But there are certain things in life that a Christian has to understand that maybe it shouldn't be observed. Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 23. And then Jesus asked, Would anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket or under a bed? of course not. A lamp would be placed on a stand where where the light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. I want to talk to you firstly about the negative aspect of this before we can get into actually what Jesus is speaking about, because the one thing I can't uh, ignore, of course, is the issue of secret sin. Secret sin is when people think they're sinning and no one is the wiser. The problem is two people know. You know, and God knows. And that's enough to know that it's not really going to be a secret. There are all sorts of sins people try to cover up. We see this all the time in the political, social realms. Uh, We see this in the industries around us. Uh, As uh, this woman's trying to sell secrets, uh, there are people who lie and steal. They're immoral. And these happen, and then they get exposed, and people's lives get ruined. I was reading a story about a man named Matt Lauer. Matt Laura was a morning show host. I think it was on the Today Show, the NBC morning show. Back 10 years ago, he was one of the biggest names. Uh, He was paid the most money to be on in the morning of any network. But then it came out of illicit affairs and sexual uh, misconduct at his business place. He was fired, and I just read an article that 10 years later he's gone on, and he has a whole different realm of friends. He lost his wife, of course, and she divorced him when all the sexual uh, in, uh, in things came out. And he had to change his whole lifestyle. He's he a new career, new uh, all sorts of things changed because his sin that he thought was secret, was eventually exposed. Psalms 90 and verse 8. You spread out your our sins before you, our secret sins, and you have seen them all. Their sins. uh, I talked to one couple one time, they were a good Baptist couple. They had come into our fellowship and they would say, oh, you know, every six Eight, ten weeks or so, they would skip church and go out of town. And when they went out of town, they would go to where casinos were, and they would get drunk, and they would uh, uh, gamble, and they would uh, do all that. And this comes from the thought, "What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas," kind of thing. It wasn't Vegas; they went to, I think it was more Atlantic City back in the day. But they would do this, uh, and they would think it's okay. I can do that there but when I come back, I'm going to be the good Christian. They said this wasn't working. Couples who mess around before they're married and think, well, that's no big deal. Pastor Greg would say, there is no discipline I can give them that will absolutely replace what they're going to go through. Listen, if you fornicate before you're married, I can tell you what's going to happen. The wife is not going to trust the husband and the husband is not going to respect the wife. I can guarantee that. That is going to happen and that's going to take years to heal. It can be healed. God is faithful to deal with you when it comes to sin. Matthew chapter 18 tells us how we are to react when people sin against us. It says if a believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the person listens and confesses, then you want a person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two other witnesses and go back again so that everything may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. And if he won't listen, he or she won't listen or accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan. Or a corrupt tax collector. God does the same thing. He'll deal with you first personally. He'll knock on the door of your heart. He'll put his finger on the issue. It will be the same thought, you know, people will say, who told you? No idea. But God is dealing then it begins to come out. A couple of people begin to figure out, hey, you know what? That person ain't right. Maybe not have all the details, but it begins to be out because God begins to allow it to be revealed. And then finally, it will absolutely come out and everybody will know. This is the way God works with people. He'll deal with you. Repent. Repent. Revelation 2.21, I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. There'll be times where God will deal and deal and deal because there's a danger of living two lives. Ananias and Sapphira tried it. We're going to put one facade before the church when we've really schemed behind to lie and to not do what we say we're doing. David tried it for a year after he commits adultery and murders Uriah to cover it up. He then has, you know, Uriah murdered, marries Bathsheba. The baby dies, but it's like, hey, he was doing the good thing, taking in all of this kind of thing. But Nathan confronts him. David is also a good lesson to learn. One sin leads to another. Jacob lies to his brother 20 years later coming back he's still got to deal with it. Proverbs 28:13, people who conceal their sin will not prosper unless they confess and turn from it, then they will receive mercy you can mark that down that will always happen and your sin will find you out numbers 3223 but if you fail to keep the word if you fail to keep your word then you have sinned against the lord and may and you may be sure that your sin will find you out Moses wrote that, because I know he understood that. He kills an Egyptian and buries his body in the sand, thinking, you know what, beaten up on an Israeli, I'm gonna take care of him, uh, he's my, the Israeli's my brother, we're gonna do this right, buries the body. The next day, two Israelis are, are, two Jews are fighting, and he says, no, no, you're brothers, you should do that. And they said, well, what are you gonna do, kill us like you killed the Egyptian? And he has to flee for his life. He thought he could get away with it. But it doesn't work that way. This uh, this illustration works so well in Ireland. The drunk husband came home late one night, snuck upstairs quietly. He He looked in the bathroom mirror at all the cuts and bumps on his face's bruises he had received earlier that night in a fight. He then proceeded to try to bandage them, then sneak into bed, pulling the covers over. When morning came, he opened his eyes and his wife was standing there and said, you were drunk last night, weren't you? He said, no, honey. She said, well, then who put the band-aids on the mirror last night? We can think we're getting away with it, but God has a way. That being said, that's not what the text is really about. That is truth. That is the other side of the coin, if you will. But that's not what the text is about. Jesus answered and said, Would anyone light a lamp and put it under the basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought into light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Jesus is not making this about bad. There's plenty of times where he talks about that. But in this particular case, this is not Things that were done in secret that were bad. These actually were things that were done in secret in serving God. We are the light of the world. We are the light that shines in the world. When the rapture happens, the world is going to become a very, 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 very dark, spiritually speaking, place. Jesus is the light of the world. Then he said, we're the light of the world. Great illustration of that is the sun and the moon. The moon has no light in itself, but yet because it reflects the light of the sun, it actually does. When it's full, it can be very bright on the earth. And just like that, when we reflect the light of God's sun, our light can be done and seen. But what Jesus is saying is that not all of what we do for God should be seen. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. He goes on to say in verse 6, but when you pray, Go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, pray to your Father in private, and then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Verse 16, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. Don't try to look miserable and disheveled so that people will admire you for your for your fasting. I tell you the truth, the only reward they that is the only reward they will ever get. In this text, giving, praying, fasting, he makes the statement that, you know what? It shouldn't always be done to say, hey, look at how spiritual I am. There's certain things that we do. Now I understand, listen, there's accountability. We have tithe envelopes. We have online giving. For a reason, if you're in public ministry, you you signed an agreement that you will pay your tithe. That is accountability. The tax break isn't there anymore. It used to be better. You used to get a dollar for a dollar. Now it's down to I think at fifty cents and thirty-five cents. If you don't, you know, however it works, but it just works out that you know the standard deduction is better f- for most people now. But the reality is, accountability is one thing. But then there's the not letting everyone know, hey, this is how good I am. There'll be times where people will put either into the offering or into my hand and they'll say, hey, I want to bless so-and-so. But I don't want them to know who it is. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about. There are times where you're not, your spirituality is not for men, but for God. Charles Spurgeon and his wife, according to a story in Champlain magazine, would sell, but refuse to give away the eggs their chicken laid. Even close relatives were sold. told, you must pay for them. As a result, some people labeled the Spurgeons greedy and grasping. They accepted the criticism without defense of themselves. Only after Mrs. Spurgeon died was the full story revealed. All the profits from the egg cells went to support two elderly widows because the Spurgeons were unwilling to let the left hand know what the right hand was doing, they endured the attacks in silence. They simply said, we're going to do this, but we're not going to make a big do do We're going to just do what's right. See, doing things in secret... God says, I'll reward you openly. These are the good things, not the sin things. The sin things you'll get rewarded too, openly, but that's not the reward I'm hoping you're striving for. What this does, it produces in a couple of, uh, a couple of things in us. One is it produces humility. If you have to wait for everyone to clap for you, or to know how big or important or whatever else you think. It will produce pride. But God wants to produce humility. James 4.6, he gives grace generously. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I know I've shared this story before. I was pioneering a church in Falmouth, Massachusetts. We're just young kids. We're 21, 22, 21, I think at the time. We're, you know, uh just I'm working a job there. Part of the job I could get, I would I had to clean the offices. I had to uh just clean everything and, and empty the garbage and such and I uh, You know, just having a tired, bad day. I think we were working on the building really late at night, trying to get our building ready to go, and it's summertime. And, I, you know, and, and to bring this back for some of the young kids, when I was a 20-something, you could smoke cigarettes everywhere, and marijuana was illegal. Okay, so it's t- incredibly different. And I remember emptying the bucket into the dumpster and it kicked back a bunch of cigarette ash in my face. I threw the bucket like this stinking city doesn't even know why I'm here. And they did not know why I was there. But I remember just feeling like, you know what? I called my pastor that day. I said, Pastor, he said, Pastor Sullivan, what? I could have dropped the phone and feel like a pastor. I didn't even know God knew I was there. He obviously did, but just that feeling. That's good for us. To do those things in obscurity that, you know what, sometimes there isn't great applause, there isn't great hoopla. Nobody's announcing, hey, by the way, you don't get a title for it. You just do it. Because there's a God in heaven that sees. It also births in us a desire to please God. It's easy to do things when you think others are watching. And when others will be pleased, or you can use this to say, hey, look how good I am. But there's something about just saying, God, I want to please you. Colossians chapter 3 Paul writes in verses 20 through 22 through 25, says, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. Serve with sincerity because of your reverent fear of the Lord, working willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you the inheritance As your reward, and the Master, capital M, you are serving as Christ. But if you do wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong that you've done, for God has no favorites. Says, you know what, your job, even when your boss isn't there, when he's not looking over your shoulder, God is noting that. He marks that as part of your service to him. And you may think that's not spiritual, because I work for Lucifer himself. Well, maybe you do, but you know what? God says it is spiritual. God says it is important. It's coach John Wooden, one of the most winning basketball coaches in college leagues, he said the true test of a man's character is what he does when no one is watching. Something about building character. When we're willing to serve without the applause. When you pi- if you ever pioneer a church, no one's going to be watching. No one's going to be looking. I, I was, I, we were in Cork, Ireland. We left Lithuania. We literally flew from Vilnius to Cork. It was a direct flight. We had our six suitcases where the vagabonds, because we don't know when our stuff's coming, we've got pots and pans packed, we've got every, we're hoping to find a place. Uh, in the next five days and, uh, to live and all of this. We, we, you know, there were 20, 30 people. The whole plane thought we were celebrities because there were so many people there to say goodbye and they're all crying and waving as we're leaving. We get to Cork. There's nobody. There's, it's raining. We have to go across. We didn't know we could call for the van. We should have called for the van, but we didn't. So we walked across with our six vagabond suitcases. And in a rainstorm, because you know what? It rains all the time in Ireland. True story. My wife had her phone. She did a split screen, 1% chance of rain. And she took a picture out the window because it was raining. Because that's Ireland. Nobody's there. Nobody asked me. My pastor never called. Did you pray this morning? Did you outreach this week? God is the rewarder though. And in our text, he says those things that are done in secret will be made obvious. Matthew 6, 4, give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Ephesians 6 and verse 8, remember that the Lord will reward each of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves, Or free, whether we're employers or bosses to put it in the modern vernacular. There are times when you don't, where you feel like all you're doing is in vain. Does anyone really see? Does God really even care? He mentions in our text, you don't take a light and put it under a bed. Now, this was a candle. That would be even dumber than it would to be a flashlight because you'd burn down the house. He says, of course you don't do that. God wants his lights to shine in the earth. He wants and he will reward people openly for what they've done, not for the applause, but for him. And that's what our text Jesus is saying here. Yes that's true in the sin but it's also true in the good because god has secrets Deuteronomy 29:29 29, 29, the lord our god has secrets known to no one we are not accountable for them but we and our children are accountable forever for that which He has revealed, so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. Moses said, makes a very interesting statement this is You know, if you understand the book of Deuteronomy, it's basically his farewell sermon that he's preaching to the children of Israel, rehearsing all the law and all the history of them coming out of Egypt and all God has done for them. But he makes this statement that the Lord God has secrets. He's got secrets for your life. He's got plans. He's got blessings that he might not tell you about Hebrews 3 uh Hebrews 4:13 Nothing in all creation is hidden from God everything is naked and exposed before his eyes He is the one in whom we are accountable Because of that God will deal with your character There's some People that God wants to bless, but he knows if he blesses them in their place right now, it will not help them. It wouldn't be good for them. I just listened to one podcast and it was an incredible story. Do you know that, you ready for this? 75% of people who win the lottery will declare bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. And we're talking about the multi-millions, and even now I guess it gets into the billions. In five to seven years, they will declare, 70, more than 70% of them. That's incredible. How do you spend $12 million? Foolishly. It can be done. See, God wants to bless people, but he knows what that would do to you. My son, when he was about seven, eight, nine years old, he started asking me every year, when I would ask him what he wants for his birthday, he'd say a flamethrower. And so I finally made the agreement with him that I will give him a flamethrower on his 90th birthday. Now, whether I'll be around then, Probably not, so I can get out of that pretty easy. But, you know, but the understanding is that, you know what? In society, we even understand people have to reach a certain maturity before they can drive or vote or own a gun or other things like that. They use the arbitrary age line. And I know 15-year-olds that are very mature, and I know 22-year-olds that are not. But God all knows us even better than that. And He won't always tell you what He has for you. He'll just deal with you to change and trust him, because he's got secrets. Acts 9, verse 15, the Lord said to Ananias, Go, for Saul is a chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and the kings, as well as to the people of Israel. God tells Ananias this, but he hasn't told Saul this yet. Saul is just prayed three days ago. He's still blind from whatever knocked him down on the road to Damascus. If it was lightning or if it was the Lord's backhand, you can work that out on your own theology. But something struck him down and he heard voices and he knew it was the Lord speaking to him and he got his heart right. God tells Ananias, this is what I got for this man. This is what I'm going to do with his life. He didn't tell Saul yet. God's got secrets. Ecclesiastics 311. I love this scripture. I use it a lot. Yet God made everything beautiful for its own time. He's planned eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. Adam Clark said of that, he set the world in their hearts. He's hidden time, the periods beyond the present. We can think about right now, we can think about tomorrow, we can think about what we're doing this week, maybe for Christmas and maybe, you know, into next month and maybe you have some plans for 2024 about doing this or going here or, you know, whatever. But God sees the whole picture. My wife and I, I'll look at my wife every once in a while, I'll say, when you were young, could you imagine this? And she goes, go, no, I didn't even think about stuff like this when I was young. And here we are, because God's reward is sometimes seen from the secret. Malachi three sixteen and those who feared the Lord and spoke with each other, the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about honoring his name. God's got some records in heaven. Write some things down. He remembers Hebrews six ten. God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him. How you have shown your love to him by caring for others and believing as you still do. You know, when you witnessed to that person and it wasn't on an outreach, God wrote that down. You know, when you gave beyond your tithe, God wrote that down. You know, when you fasted when it wasn't the three day fast that we're going to have in a couple of weeks. God wrote that down. He's not gonna forget. He's not unjust. 2018, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. A grocery clerk's act of kindness towards an autistic 17 year old boy went viral and he ended up getting a lot from this. Jordan Taylor was given a car Tuesday after the Rouse Market employee's kind gesture went viral last month, according to the Advocate of of Baton Rouge, which is a newspaper. Taylor, who is 20, had been shelving bottles of orange juice when he realized that Jack Ryan Ziggy Edwards was watching him. Edwards was transfixed by the work. Edwards told the news outlet, so the clerk asked, Edwards, you want to help? The two quickly established a system in which Taylor picked up the orange juice and milk containers and handed it to the teenager who promptly put each carton in its proper place. Edwards' father, and Taylor didn't know this at the time, who is the Central High School football coach, Sid Edwards, filmed the two working together as they had a conversation with Taylor he hoped to go back to school someday and Taylor wanted to eventually become a teacher. Neighbors Federal Credit Union announced that they had given Taylor the car. The company president and CEO, Steve Webb, said they are proud of Taylor for pursuing his dream and becoming a math teacher and, to ro- and they helped him enroll in Gramble State University. Crowdfunding raised more than $100,000 for Taylor. It's college it tuition. And the teen was offered a job. The, the young man Zach was offered a job at the grocery store. Now think about this. Here's a man just working. He's not thinking, hey, I'm going to help somebody. I'm going to get a car and a free ride to college. Cause that's what you get when you stock shelves. He's just doing his job. And unbeknownst to him, as he does what he's supposed to do, God rewards him and blesses him. This town is, is amazed by him. God in heaven is watching. He's watching us right now. He knows what you've done. He, you know, there's some of you, you've got a long list in heaven of things that God has noted down that you have done when nobody is watching, when nobody is seeing, when no applause, no one's going to announce it, maybe no one else ever knew. But God is faithful. He watches. Just like the issue of sin, when there's sin, He sees it. We're not hiding anything from Him but when we do good, we're not hiding it either. That's what Jesus is talking about. God has his secrets, and it's to reward and bless us when our character is right. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. You're here this this evening. Maybe you're not right with God. Maybe it's even possible that you're involved in sin that is a secret that no one in here else, no one else would know. Things are going on. God wants you to respond. He wants you to repent. He wants to reach out to you and have you get your heart right with God. Maybe you've never prayed before. Maybe you have before. But whatever the issue is, you are not right with God. In your sin, maybe no one else knows, but you know and God knows. Isn't that enough? There is no secret. He knows the if there was immorality or rebellion or lying or stealing or cheating, He knows. He knows what's going on. He wants to help you and forgive you, but you have to respond. Anyone at all, very quickly, slip up your hand and pray for me. I need to get my heart right with God. Maybe nobody knows, but you know and God knows. You need to get your heart right. Slip up your hand very quickly. Pray for me. Not right with God. Changing the call then to Christians. There are people in here, you've served God for a long time. Years, decades. There are things that you have done that God has recorded that you have forgotten. But God hasn't. God hasn't forgotten when we've done right. He hasn't forgotten when we've made decisions that maybe nobody else has seen. Nobody else knows what you've done. You fasted when nobody else knew. You prayed when nobody else. This doesn't mean we do away with prayer meetings. This doesn't mean that prayer meetings are bad. Prayer meetings are inspirational. I love coming in in the morning and hearing people pray. Helps me pray. It helps me focus. It's just better. But the understanding that you know what? There are things you do. You don't get the applause. Nobody knows. It's not like, you know, you don't have to be asked. You don't have to be promised. You just do it because you want to please God. You witness not on an outreach. You pray not at a prayer time. You, whatever it is. whatever it might be god notes that down and he'll reward you greatly because that's what he wants to do let's all stand let's open these altars allow people to talk to god worship his name Father, we love you, God. We praise your name, God. We glorify you.